It's the Daily Dispatch in discussion with Darren Mann. The Daily Dispatch in discussion with Darren Mann it is. In one of the lead stories on dispatchlive.co.za, the disturbing tale which reads, Principal accused of raping stepdaughter. And we're talking of a stepdaughter who's just four years old. It's a very disturbing tale, and to help us try and make sense of it and get comment from the experts, we're speaking to Masa Manyane, Women's Rights International founder and director, Dr. Leslie Ann Foster. It would be nice if we could speak in better circumstances, Doctor. Your comment on this case, it's very troubling. Good afternoon to you and good afternoon to the listeners. Yes, it's a very disturbing case, and, and what troubles me is the fact that we're seeing more of this kind of um, development, you know, in, in the gender-based violence sector. Um, and this is a, a, a very worrying case because this is a very little girl whose life is, is basically ruined uh, because she's highly unlikely to get the kind of, uh, you know, long-term psychological support that she needs. Um, I think it's also a devastating betrayal of her mother, um, you know, by somebody that she loves and cares for. So on, on many different levels, um, you know, this, this is a, a, a case that shows how vulnerable uh, women and girl children are to violence against women. Um, I think, um, you know, it's, I'm glad to hear that he is in custody and that he is going to be held accountable for this. But the damage is done. And I have a follow-up question actually to this is that I'm very sure that this is not the first time that this man has raped children. If he's a school principal, we need to be asking, um, you know, the children, the pupils, uh, what kind of um, experiences they've had. And I'm sure that we would uncover something else, you know, a lot more of this kind of violence. Um, I think, you know, generally in the country, we're trying our best, um, those of us who work in this sector, uh, to prevent violence against women. But what we're seeing is that we're not shifting the needle. You know, we're just not shifting the needle in terms of, of how some men are treating women and girl children and that they feel, um, you know, that they, they have the right to the children's bodies because rape is never about sex. It's about power and it's about control. And I think we don't understand that uh, adequately enough and that our prevention strategies as a country is not addressing that. Um, that comes from the fact that, that generally across the country, women and girls' on, uh, lives are not valued. Their bodies are not, um, you know, respected. Uh, and that, those are the things that we need to do. We need to be instilling respect, um, you know, we, we, the preservation of the dignity of every individual in the country. Um, that's deep work. You know, it's yes. not a march. It's not a, um, a, a scandalizing ceremony. It's not a little protest. This is the work where we have to go into schools. We have to go into communities we we have to work with leaders um you know to 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 change the mindset so it's the, it's the the norms within our society that have to change and as you know that's that's like trying to move a mountain you know but we haven't even begun the work i think if we can say that we have you know taken a breath and said okay this is this all the work we've done hasn't worked what would work now and move with that we have a moral regeneration movement you know um that that is trying to to make a difference and have impact but it's not so the work that masimanyani does is we go into communities and we work with those communities to understand what a human rights violation 
is and how to prevent that. That's the kind of work that should be done at schools. It should be in the curriculum of schools. You know, there should be dialogues that are happening with boys, with girls, and then bringing them together to talk about that. Because I don't think that people understand the devastation that they wreak on someone's life when they rape. Now, we talk about women and girls a lot, but we also in the Tutuzela care centers that Masimanyane uh, manages, we see um, an increase in the rape of boys and young men. So rape is becoming normalized in our society and we are not uh, adequately addressing that through the criminal work and so forth. So I think there's, we still, you know, I, I would like to say that there's progress, but for me the progress is not wide enough, deep enough, big enough to actually say that we are making a change. And and that's the sad reality. You know, I, I can't, cannot stand saying the, the um, telling you an untruth, which is that, you know, something will happen because it won't. That little girl is going to need psychological support for a long period of time and her mother will need it as well, as well as the family. We don't have the kind of resources that makes that possible. And, and that's one child. I'm so devastated. You know, when I think of a four-year-old and I, I look at children around me or four and I think, how could somebody violate, you know, a child like that and rip away her uh, entire innocence Absolutely. and childhood? I mean, that that's just complete, complete disrespect and, and you know, violence of, of the worst kind. So we really have a problem in our society. But, you know, the people that... W- need to hear this are not listening bottom line they're not listening dr i do need to all they have dr i do need to be careful here and just make sure that at this stage uh, we are still talking about an alleged rapist but if we could look at some of the problems that the rape victim undeniably will be facing in the future um anxiety stress depression in some cases even suicide yeah, I think, you know, um, I mean, I'm speaking more generally about what happens to, to rape uh, victims. And, and yes, it's stress, it's, it's that. But with young children, what happens is their development is stunted. The brain gets, um, you know, it, it, it takes such a, a shock that the development of that brain is actually arrested. And certain elements of their lives will be affected. Um, you also find that, that as teenagers, they start playing out. They may resort to alcoholism or drug taking or, you know, uh, some other kind of addictive behavior, uh, which could also um, result in, in being over-sexualized as a result of this. And all of those behaviors put them at great, their own health and well-being at risk. So uh, it's not just the psychological. You'll find that there, there will be problems at school there'll be a misfit within society. So the moment that an act of violence like that takes place, that's why I said with a four-year-old child, um, and we listen, this is one child. We see many of these children, three, four years, five years old, coming into the Tutu's care centers and being, you know, as rape survivors. Uh, they are all, in one way or another, are impacted by that. They can withdraw completely from society. They can become violent themselves, you know, where they, uh, you know, have um, abnormal displays of anger and so forth. So there are, there's a myriad of responses that, are, are, you know, will, will make that child 
uh, or young person a misfit within their family, their community, the society. So we actually, uh, a rape doesn't affect the individual. It, it affects so many other uh, members of families and communities and societies. Um, and we need to remember that, that every time, um, you know, such an act of violence takes place as rape, the whole society suffers. The whole society suffers. And we, we have that saying, a saying that says, you know, if, if anywhere in the world, if one woman suffers violence, all women do. Um, the other impact of, of, in our society of rape is that women, even if they haven't had the experience of rape, they live with the fear of being raped. And that stops them from being who they should be. You know, the, to to mm. to uh, realize their full potential. So those are the are the, the real hard facts about rape. It's a very devastating experience that not this, only the survivor but everybody around them suffers. So yeah, it's a very very challenging issue. And and I think we we're trying hard. And an organization like Masimanyani does the best it can, but it is limited in in way in its reach. The truth is that the state has the responsibility to protect its its uh, citizens. And what we need is programs that the state runs on a countrywide basis. That's what we need. We, you know, they are actually putting out programs constantly um, that remind, you know, communities of how devastating this is and what, what needs to change. It's got better, but we're not at a level where we can say we have impactors yet. How do we improve the situation? You've been at the coalface of this particular issue for many years, Massimo Nyani, together with various other organisations as well. And occasionally we think we're making progress, but every so often a jarring case like this one appears before us and you become a little despondent. Are you still positive we can overcome the scourge? Well, you know, in the work I do, I have to remain positive. Otherwise, I would just, I think it, all of us in, the, in our organisation would just crumble, you know. So we look for the... the for the highlights, you know, for the moments when we can see change happening. So we have indicators of change. And so when we go into communities and we work with young people, we we see how young, the young people we work with develop agency, how they can stand up for themselves and fight back, you know, in situations, um, and how they, they, their minds shift, you know, around themselves. So So that's what we do, and that can be very powerful. As I've said to you, not broad enough. So asking, if you ask me what we should be doing, um, then prevention is key. We should have all of our institutions within communities and societies talking about norms change, about behavior and attitude change. We should be doing that within schools, within religious institutions, within um, civil society organizations. You know, that, that, that conversation needs to happen on a more con- consistent basis so that we can. I mean, you know, you, you can shift the mindset of an entire nation, as we've seen in South Africa, um, you know, but with concerted, consistent effort. That's not happening as yet. That's not happening as yet. And we're putting the pressure on, on the state. What the state has done positively now is drawn up a national strategic plan on violence against women. They plug in programs into that plan. Civil society is working with them, uh, you know, alongside of that. But we're talking about mindsets here. And, and as you know, it, it's really difficult. It's not impossible 
It is not impossible, but it is difficult to change mindset, and it does take concerted, um, resourced allocations and, and political will to change that. We will leave it there. We appreciate your comment and joining us on the Daily Dispatch in discussion today. The founder of Massimiliano Women's Rights International, Dr. Leslie Ann Foster. Have a good day, doctor. Thank you so much. The disturbing case of a principal accused of raping his four-year-old stepdaughter. He's a principal. He falls under the auspices and the authority of the Education Department. And for the immediate reaction of the Provincial Education Department, we speak to spokesperson Mali Bongwe Mtima. Mali, a disturbing case. The immediate reaction from the department. What is your comment? Look, man, this, uh, we've lodged an investigation on this matter. It's one of these horrendous acts um, that affects the teaching and learning. And it's, it will leave the department with a stain or the profession with a stain and as such. Um, uh, as the department, since we are custody of the law, we cannot uh, let this go. Uh, we are investigating this because, remember, we've got the Code of Ethics and the Code of Conduct. Uh, we also have, uh, from the Employer, uh, Employment of Educators Act, we also have a Code of Conduct that educators need to follow. So this um, is, is not an exemplary um, behavior as expected by the law. Therefore, this, it, it, uh, and since it's going to affect the teaching um, of the child and or the profession, um, we would not take this very serious. And as such, we are going to investigate this using the Code of Ethics and the Code of, of Conduct as, as prescribed in the Employment of Educators Act and, 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 and the South African Council for Educators. We are working hand in glove to ensure that a proper investigation is taken and a proper action is taken based on the uh, action that has been taken. We don't want to charge a person lesser than what the, the, the crime that has been committed. Mali, as disturbing as the case might be, we must stress innocent until proven guilty. Should this person be found guilty, what sanction could they expect from the education department? There will be the legal recourse in terms of the Criminal Procedures Act, of course. But from your side, is it termination of contract? What action can you take? Look, if we found him guilty, um, as per the, um, the, the Code of Ethics and the South African Council for Educators Code of uh, Conduct, then we'll have to um, deregister him so that they're not practice anywhere in South Africa as, a, as an educator. Number one, number two, uh, we dismiss him uh, because remember this is an abhorrent uh, behavior. You don't expect it from, an, uh, from a parent to sleep with his own child. It, it's really a taboo. That's why we have to take very, very strong ones so that we can send a signal to everyone that we do not accommodate and we do not accept this at all. Mali, thank you very much for your time. We have reached out to the South African Council for Educators as well. And as disturbing as the case is and as concerned as they are about uh, principals and teachers under their jurisdiction being implicated in rape cases, particularly when minors are involved, they say that until they're in possession of all the facts and they don't have those yet, they're going to have to decline to comment. So thank you very much, Mali Mtima. Spokesperson for the Provincial Education Department joining us today on the Daily Dispatch in discussion with Darren Mann. That was the Daily Dispatch in discussion with Darren Mann.